a couple weeks ago, you know, you were just grinders, and now all of a sudden, you, you are guys on the scene. The last month has just been a, a total whirlwind for you. A $70,000 cash, a $40,000 cash. Steve, just talk a little bit about the experience this last month, dude. It's have to, it's had to have been awesome for you. Yeah, obviously the cash is great. I mean, we, uh, you know, we grinded for a long, long time. I mean, just, you know, that's what I want to make clear is like, we felt like, uh, it was, we hoped it was just a matter of time before it finally came together. You know, we had a lot of close calls over the last you know, several years and have lost a lot of money over the years. Too, you know? so I was going to say, Robbie, let, let me ask you this, Rob, how long has that grind been? I mean, Stevie's talking about several years, but I know you guys have been at it since just about DraftKings has been around, whether it's been golf or football or baseball, you guys have always been into it. Yeah. Uh, definitely football in the beginning is where I got into it. But, uh, about 2015, late 2015, I got into golf and, uh, I, I think it's safe to say I, I almost watch every single shot of every tournament up to this point the last four years. Um, I, I pay a lot of attention to each each tournament and each shot, and um, I think that has a lot to do with our recent success. Well, you know what? You guys have a really interesting partnership because it's got to be hard to um, you know pick six guys and, 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 and both agree on those six guys that you're picking. But I'll tell you one thing that is really unique about your partnership, Steve. I want you to talk a little bit about Rob's positivity because he has grinded. He's had some really disappointing losses, but, but you know, there is something called the law of attraction out there where if you give off good vibes, you expect to get good vibes back. And really, I think that has a little something to do with it, Steve. What do you think? I totally agree. In fact, especially recently, we've, as the trend is, you know, it's palpable. You know, you can feel the trend kind of changing even leading up to these big ones, you know, there were some minor caches leading up to that. So, you know, it, it the, the conversation just, just has become more positive, <laughs> you know, it's kind of weird. And what do you, attribute- it's exactly what describing. Rob, what do you attribute that to? I mean, uh, we've all, I mean, you're my brother for crying out loud. We've known each other forever. I've always known you to have a positive attitude, but how do you think that's transitioning into real money for you right now in the fantasy draft uh, or in the fantasy golf scene? Well, the crazy thing is the money. You know, I feel like I've always been there. I feel like I've always been in contention and, and have had the quality and skills to compete with these pros and draft kings. I just never really had to bankroll ever in my entire life. That's where the true grind was. And um, to finally win a little bit a few weeks back and, and we just kept trying to spin it up, to, to see the money, um, it's a real shocker. It's, it's The reality is... It's true now, you know. I mean, um, yeah, we got to emphasize the people listening out there. Literally one month ago, you know, these were just Joes on the couch. Not that they're still not right now. I mean, they haven't exactly, <laughs> you know, minted themselves into retirement. But these are huge scores. These are huge sums of money. And uh, you guys were just like the rest of, of the listening audience out there looking for your first big cash. I mean, that's incredible. One thing I do want to talk about, and I saw a little bit on Rick Rungood's CBS podcast today. He was talking about margins, uh, rate of uh, return on investment in the contest you guys are getting into. And I've noticed your ROIs are really, really good. The $70,000 cash you guys had 555 in on uh, this past week when you won 40000 you only had $200 in on the Stinger, I think it was. Steve, talk a little bit about how you guys are scouting your contest right now because I think a lot of amateur DFS guys um, really need to know what contest to look for to, to try and get those big returns. Yeah, we, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. 
probably about six, eight weeks ago, we just sort of had this premonition that, you know, we were playing lottery tickets where, where, you know, any schlub, when you have 90,000 runners against you can, can hit the nuts, you know? And so we just realized that smaller fields is, is what can bring the ROI up, you know? Um, it, it can give you just a higher probability to cash and win. And then if you think about the scalability of it, you know, winning, you know, winning five X on a $10 entry is 50 bucks. Winning one X on a $100 entry is a hundred dollars. So it's right. twice as much money right. for, you know, so, you know what I mean? Like it's not brain surgery, but you know, you just had to, um, understand the scale of what you're trying to do and rob i've noticed you you guys are playing a lot of single entry tournaments as well what is there an advantage to that what's what's going on with that yeah so i think that's most of our listeners here right i mean we're, we're not going to sit here and, and generate lineups 150 lineups in the, in the five hundred thousand dollars the first we aren't doing that and that's where we're we had to try to focus our attention on where can we make how can we boost our odds the most by winning it's by eliminating the competition first and then the higher buy-in. I mean, again, Stevie made a good point. If you do the thirty-three dollar uh, dog leg is a pretty good tournament. Uh, again, if you min cash, it's like fifty bucks. But if you just, you know, I'm buying in one hundred eighty dollar twenty dollars uh, worth of twenty dollar lineups. You think you're having better odds by doing that, but you you don't have any better odds. BMW this week, um, Olympia Fields just outside of Chicago. Top seventy players. There's no cuts in this one here, guys. Long course, par seventy though. So uh, I'm not sure how it how it lines up if there's only one par five per, per side. But as we get into our early uh, weekend or week picks here, what are you guys thinking about the BMW uh, just on on a preliminary basis at this point? Well, this course is strange because uh, number one, the PGA been here since '03, and uh, and there are only two par fives. There's one per side, and believe it or not the course opens with a par five on number one. So uh, it's kind of a strange layout, you know? Um, you don't have another par five until the 15th hole. But like you said, it's 7,300 yards long, 7,366 actually, which is one of the lengthier courses they'll play on tour. Uh, you got a couple par fives right around, uh, excuse me, par fours right around 500 yards. You got a par three that's 240 plus. And uh, you have a par five that's six twenty-five, so you're gonna have to get it out there uh, in order to score for sure. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Who are we like in here, Rob? I mean, who, who? Let's look at our top-tier guys. I mean, Dustin Johnson coming off a, a record-setting week is at eleven-five right now on DraftKings. Of course, Webb Simpson, uh, who's uh, been playing pretty good the last couple weeks since the startup. He's at ten thousand one. Bryson DeChambeau, this course actually sets up a lot like a U.S. Open course. DeChambeau has had success in the past at these types of courses. Who do you like in the top tier, Rob? Uh, yeah, a lot of good names up here. It's hard to not go back straight back to Dustin Johnson. He's won us all our money. The guy is playing uh, the best golf in the world, and when he is playing the best golf in the world, he's by far the best in the world. Um, uh, he's the top-priced guy, so you're going to have to fit in some cheaper guys if you pick him. But uh, Dustin Johnson and uh, John Rom. I mean, he, he's trending up right now. He has a, uh, he, he's just trending up. A lot of birdies. He wants this tournament. 
And I think he's being overlooked a little bit. Um, it seems like he's playing poorly, but um, he's really not playing that bad. So I think it's a sneaky spot. I think he's going to be low-owned. John Rom here. So Rob brings up John Rom. There are two par threes on this golf course playing 215 yards or longer. And the leaders in 200 plus yard proximity since the restart, Dustin Johnson, John Rom are two of the top five. Another guy I want to bring up here is Steve, who had a great week last week and pretty good value, I think, this week is Harris English. Um, Daniel Berger is another guy. Our boy Scotty Scheffler has been winning you guys a lot of money. And, of course, we have uh, Matsuyama coming back this week as well. Just talk a little bit about some of those names I threw out there, Steve. Yeah, I think English is the most interesting of it. And when we when his price broke at 8300 today, I, I believe my exact quote was, that is stealing. I mean, look at his recent finishes. He has one finish in his last 10 events outside the top 25. And, you know, Rob made an interesting point earlier where he said, you know, he's just been watching all the golf, watching all the golf. That means a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the final round yesterday, and really Saturday as well, with Harris English going toe-to-toe with DJ, because don't forget, he hung in there. He was four under through eight, I believe. You know, would have won that tournament going away, probably, had DJ not been ten strokes out in front of him. So, great demeanor, cool customer. Um, he's playing uh, off of an exemption as well, which not a lot of people know. So he has to have good finishes in order to uh, earn his card and start getting back into majors and things like that. So definitely somebody to watch at a really, really strong price right now where, uh, you know, good finish is critical. I know you guys might not be crazy about him because he's not the sexiest pick, but I think the hottest golfer arguably besides Johnson in 2020 this year had been, has been Daniel Berger, and he's still playing really good. Robbie, what are your what are your thoughts on him at nine thousand seven hundred? Yeah, I love uh, Daniel Berger here. Uh, you can't deny his stats: uh, second, thirteenth, and third in his last three tournaments. I tried to fade him. I was anti Daniel Berger. Um, it hasn't been well fading uh, Daniel Berger. So uh, I think I think he's a great play. Um, he's a little expensive, and you got to see how you're going to stretch your lineup this week. But um, I think you should try to find a way to fit in Daniel Berger into most of your lineups. Past champion Justin Thomas. By the way, even though this course plays like a U.S. Open course, the last five years the uh, winner has been 20 under or par. I think Thomas was 25 under. The defending champ, Steve. How do you see him faring this week? Yeah, he's always a guy that you got to watch, especially no-cut events. I, I don't know the exact stat, but I think he's got 11 or 12 PGA and seven of which are no-cut events. Okay. So that's a trend. That's pretty for good sure. info. That's pretty good info right there. Yeah, and you, and you have, you know, what happens in these events is you, number one, they're shorter fields too, right? So it's only 70 guys, some of whom got in on the early swing of like the Safeway Opens and the these smaller events like Lanto Griffin and Sebastian Munoz, guys you're going to see in this field and be like, oh, how are these guys, you know, 15th in the FedEx Cup? So it's a short field. It's not necessarily the strongest field based on world ranking. And, um, you know, when you give it, when you give the great ones the guarantee to play 72 holes, they're just going to find these spots of explosiveness, you know, and he's one of those guys that finds it almost every tournament he plays in. Absolutely. I'm going to give you a toss-up here, Robbie. I know your boy, Xander Shoffley. You love him. Uh, Rory McIlroy. Both their odds this weekend are plus 1,600. They're priced right around the same spot on DraftKings. If you had to take one of them, who are you taking out of that group? 
man, saying it out loud, going against Rory McIlroy ever is tough. But um, I think Xander, I'm happy you brought him up and asked me about him because I actually think he is essentially the sleeper of the week for me. And I think he's being, maybe he's not being overlooked, but I believe he is being overlooked. And he is slowly but surely 13th, 6th, 10th, 25th. He's in great form. And to bring up the uh, no-cut event stat, Xander Shopley, I think, has, what, four wins and three of them are at a no-cut event. Uh, Wild man, you might be able to bag me up there. But I know he has very good success at a no-cut event. Um, I really love Xander Shopley this week. Yeah, I was going to add to Shoffley, no, definitely a no-cut specialist. He's also, especially recently, been arguably one of the top two or three uh, in bogey avoidance, depending on the sample size you look at. So he's, you know, he, he hasn't done, he hasn't popped off the page or off the TV screen in the last month or so. Guys, top 10 every event. We just talked about, you heard me say it, I kind of spoiled it, Scotty Scheffler, but if you had to make a uh, Mount Rushmore of PGA golfers during your $110,000 DraftKings run here. Scheffler, <laughs> Kisner, and Dustin Johnson would be the three main guys on it. How do you like Scheffler? How do you like your boy Kiz this week? I, I like Kisner. I mean, look, I know that's kind of a chalk play, but I, I just got a feeling this guy's been on fire. Kisner has been. Yeah, I don't know if that's a chalk play there. Um, I don't know if it's a chalk play, actually. I, I like Kisner here. I think a lot of people are going to, maybe go away from him because it's such a long course. You, I usually tend to play Kevin Kisner at shorter courses, but um, yeah, I love Kevin Kisner. What do you think, Wild Man? Yeah, he, I mean, he's up in a price range. I mean, he's priced above Harris English. So, you know, he, he's getting respect as far as DraftKings is concerned price-wise. You know, he's, he's predominantly a, a mid-7,000 guy. <laughs> That's a great point there. I mean, look, look you, have, you have Tiger Woods, Hideki, Harris English, Hatton, Kisner. Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't. You know, you have Tiger Woods right right above him, two hundred dollars more. I, I don't think he's going to be that chalky this week, Edge. Okay, what about Scheffler? I mean, that, that, this guy's demeanor, Scheffler's demeanor out there. I mean, did you see how much fun he had in that interview during the rain delay with that hot blonde chick uh, from the golf channel? <laughs> I mean, he was just like so cool. He was enjoying it. I love his demeanor. He's, he's carefree. This is another guy that's going to shoot low this weekend, in my opinion. Was that before or after his caddy was carted off? That was yeah. after. That was after. You know, listen, listen, we can laugh about that as much as we want. These guys are crazy. These guys are crazy about their caddies, okay? Like, I think that actually could be an intangible that a lot of people may not. Maybe that does throw him off a little bit, dude. I think so. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I don't really have anything to back it up necessarily, but I think it's fair, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love Scotty Scheffler this week. He's just a little, little high price, 9000 It sounds crazy to say maybe because of his recent form. I just, I wish he was a little lower, uh, maybe around 8300 bucks. Yeah, I think what scares us about him is, uh, is just how volatile he's been. You know, like this past weekend, he shot only one round in the 60s. Right, right. <laughs> Finished in the fourth. And he's got a, a 59 and two seventies. Little suspect with the putter, and um, you know he hasn't really, really quite gotten over that hump like maybe uh, Morikawa, Hovland, some of his contemporaries have quite yet. But he's right there. Um, 
What about Tony Finau this week? And another name I want to throw out who I know isn't all that sexy of a pick, uh, but he's a grinder. He's a great golfer, not a great human being, but Patrick Reed is another guy. <laughs> Are those guys tipping the scales for you at all? I knew you were going to pay, say Patrick Reed when you were like, not a good human being, not many people like him. I mean, yeah, like, just, I mean he's got that kind of face. You just want to deliver a punch to him. I mean, I, I'm not going to tear the guy down here on, on this specific episode, but if we wanted to talk about, you know, I could provide a ledger of things that I think are a little suspect about his character. But anyhow, let's talk about his golf game this weekend at the BMW. What, what, what do you guys think about Patrick Reed? Uh, he's a good long iron player. And and all I'm going to say is this, and, I, and then I'll let Rob talk about it, because yeah, I think he got a little bit better feel for Reed than I did. He, he tends to be uh, there in the more difficult events. Now, what we don't know, because there's been no course history here, over the last two decades, really, is really what the score to par is going to be, you know? Um, like, if, if this ends up being like an 8-under, 9-under, 10-under type of event, uh, I think Reed's right there. Yeah, I, I, I think this might be a little more of a birdie fest than you would think. Um, the FedEx playoffs, they like to make the courses a little easier, more scoring, more exciting. So, in that spot, um, I would definitely pick Tony Finau in a good rebound situation after a missed cut last week. Actually, um, the guy the guy pops up in all the like the, the tournaments I'm looking at it like past history corollary courses. Um, a good corollary course is the PGA Championship this year, and he came in fourth. So um, coming off a super chalky week at like 33 percent owned in the $200 single, um, I think he let a lot of people down, and he's and he's high in price as well. It's hard to fit him in your lineup. He, He's almost got to be your number two guy in. Um, and that's great because he never wins. So get second place. <laughs> <laughs> Want to bounce a couple more names off you guys before I let you uh, give out your top picks. You know, uh, Adam Scott, what about him? This course kind of sets up pretty nice for him. Yeah, yeah. Scott. Um... He's got good odds this week on the DK Sportsbook in the top 20 or 25 in odds. So, I mean, he's got a chance. Yeah, and that's something you got to you gotta look at. I mean, um they know what they're doing, you know. If anybody's smarter than us, it's the casinos and the bookmakers, you know. So you got to you got to uh, take that into account without a doubt. You know, the other thing that's kind of crazy about Adam Scott is, and, and we put a lot of value into this is is he's he's eleventh in the official world golf ranking, you know. So you have to take that seriously. I mean, he's he's ranked higher than a lot of these these uh, hot names right now. He's higher than Berger. Finau, Tiger, Justin Rose, Paul Casey. Um, he's higher than Cantlay. You know, so he, he's right there. You got to take that into consideration. And, and he's really got a flawless golf swing. So that's why you see him in contention all the time. He, he never really gets squirrely. Where he's going to make or break you is with those like six and a half foot par putts that he's always going to have. Yep, yep. Uh, what you about know? you, Rob? Does, does Adam Scott move the scale for you at all this week? He was on the seventy thousand dollar lineup, so I, I always will look at him. He's a hero to me. So. Yeah, he's, he's getting votes from Mount Rushmore. He is getting votes <laughs> from Mount Rushmore. All right, Rob. Um, uh, however, let, let me let me say this though, Edge. Um, I, I typically like Adam Scott. Um, I just don't think he's been playing enough. He, he's only played two tournaments since March, and you just have to put that in consideration, considering the guys around him and who's playing in better form, and, and you just have a little more uh, re- uh, intel on him. I just I just like other guys around him at, around Adam Scott, to be honest with you. Okay, Cameron Champ. Yeah, he, 
has won at this course before. Steve, I'll let you finish it, and then I want you to talk about Cameron Champ there also. He's won at this course on the Amateur Tour back in 2015. Does that translate at all? He's been, you know, fair. Hey, yo. I didn't know that. But without a doubt, and he, here's he, – I was going to make kind of a joke about Adam Scott real quick in that he's one of, like, three or four guys that played here in 03 at the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like him, Tiger – uh, Justin Rose and and maybe one other guy. The dinosaur. Active in the <laughs> So, it, you know, it's interesting. But that brings me to the Cameron Chen point. And it's, you know, you, you golf a lot, Edge. I know it's not going to set up the same way it did in 2015 for a U.S. amateur. But it still helps to have just had eyes on the course before. And win there. And he's won there, by the way. Yeah. Just like, yeah. And like, he's like played there. He's won a golf tournament there before. Right, right, and like, like where there's like runoff to the water, and you know, just certain things that he might might know from a couple years ago, uh, and and also, you know, he was in contention at the PGA, which Rob has a corollary course right there on Sunday, just couldn't get the putt to fall. Very similar to last week, you know, where he, I mean, he piled up seven or eight birdies on Friday, and just barely missed the cut. So I mean, he, he he's got the goods. Rob, one last name before we move on here. Cameron Smith. Any thoughts about him this week? I'm sorry, Cam Davis is the guy you've been liking. Any thoughts on Cam Davis? Is he even in the top 70? I know that's a guy that you've been, that's been on your radar all year. I don't have him in my notes here. What about Cam Davis? He is out. So no use talking about him. All right. Any, anybody I left out off that little rapid fire list that you guys uh, want to talk about? And Rob, we want to get your top picks, of course, that you're going to post on. Uh, Bones, DK Golf also. Steve, anybody I left out, though? Yeah, the one guy I think you can't, can't deny is Morikawa. You know, he's got three wins, and he lost in a playoff to Berger a few weeks ago when the tour returned. Um, coming off a major, missed a cut, sitting there fifth in the world ranking, and he's priced at 9500 So that, that to me, kind of checks those boxes that, uh, were checked for us with DJ and John Rahm in the past few weeks. But we just thought that was like a little little out of bounds, you know, based on uh, potential recent results and world ranking versus DK value. So he, he's definitely a guy that you could play based purely on the value. Rob, what about you? And then we'd love to hear your top picks also. Anybody I left off there? <laughs> Yeah, top picks I'm going to save uh, for later this week. I'm not ready to uh, compile the list yet. But, yeah, follow uh, at BonesDKGolf on Twitter. Uh, I'll be posting the picks and episode later. Um, but the guy who just seems to be on every single winning lineup every other week, and I always say to him, is Hideki Matsuyama. Um, I think he's playing great. He shot like, a, I don't know, seven, eight under uh, on, at round three at the Northern Trust and then had a, had a shaky round four. But, again, at $8,500, you can squeeze him in to be your third guy there. Uh, I think that's easy money. I, I just think he's a little underpriced. And, again, he is always on the winning lineup. So, I, I can just tell you that from watching a lot of golf. <laughs> the BMW Invitational is this week. No cuts. Uh, it is at Olympia Fields, which is a suburb of Chicago. Par 70. Almost 7,400 yards. It sets up uh, kind of like Harding Park did earlier this year. Seven par fours that play over 450 yards. Two par threes that play over 215 yards or longer. So uh, it's going to be an exciting tournament. Before we sign off the air here, too, I do want to let the listening audience know the Brothers Bones 
will get a chance to play some golf coming up on Labor Day weekend as well. So we'll try, yeah. and, get some, we'll try and get some video footage of that. Rob, how's your golf game right now, buddy? Uh, great. I'm happy you brought it up. I played one round of golf this year. It was on my birthday. Um, the round of golf was $84, and the round of beers at the end was 95 uh, So <laughs> shot a 102. It's about it steve you live in florida for crying out loud what's your golf game like i mean it, it's it's man i haven't swung a club since june and uh that's surprising to hear wow and yeah yeah i just uh <clears throat> haven't been getting out there i did i did have an ace in march though oh yeah you did <laughs> that's true hole in one I did have a hole in one I, I do not have any aces yet and i've been playing a lot longer than you guys real quick before we sign off there and i'm being serious as a heart attack here man we opened up the show with it, opened up the interview. It was it was last month when you guys were grinding on DK, and you've, you've come into this whirlwind of cash right now. Rob, what do you say to the guy that looks at you right now and is like, man, how did you do it? What, how do you answer that question? Um, you, you, again, you, you got to stay positive. You really got to believe in your brand. And uh, the one recommendation I, I can uh, give everybody is, you know, spend a little more, more money on a single entry. Try to eliminate the computer aspect of it where these guys are putting in multiple entries. Do a little higher buy-in, single entry, and really believe in your guys. And um, once you can get one little cash, like two, three, four hundred bucks, uh, just try to spin it up and keep going. Steve, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I like what he said, you know. Also, uh, it, it should be noted that that 40K that the Rob Bun 7 won yesterday was a five for six lineup. Yeah, insane. Um, just absolutely you know, insane. Like, just never give up hope, you know. Just play the guys you think can, can uh, you know, play well and fit the course mold and, and get a little lucky and, you know, anything's possible. And, and, and to add to that, guys, to add to that, uh, eliminating the, the amount of entries in the tournament gives a 5 of 6 possible. Again, you're, you're, you're giving your chance. You're, you're making your odds way higher to, to cash with a single entry low entry buy-in yeah we got a tweet at uh pat mayo or um run rick runs good and find out how often that happens if that's ever happened before somebody taking it down or somebody get, i'm sure it has but five out of six that was the very first note that i had in my in my sheet here too guys and i forgot to bring that up but that's incredible <laughs> that it was a five for six entry that cashed you guys Forty thousand dollars. All right, it is the BMW Invitational this week. Bones DK Golf. He'll have his picks coming up later in the week. His name uh, is also Rob, and then my brother Steve Wildman. We call him TW Man sixty six on Twitter. They together are Rob Bones seven on DraftKings. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much. Good luck this weekend at the BMW. Thank you, Edge. Thanks.